Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Today's episode is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners. Among them, we have Patrick and William and Charles and Jerry and uh, Patricia as well as uh, Nancy. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, it's truly appreciated. Now it's time for today's episode of The Cases of Mr. Ace, A Man Named Judas. Ah, oh, Mr. Ace, come in. I've given you up for the night. You're not alone, Dr. Gale. There were a couple of minutes back there when I'd given myself up for good. As close as that? Closer. Well, come on into the kitchen. Coffee's perking. Don't you find a less dangerous way to make a living than being a private detective? Sure, but then who'd supply you with your material for your book on criminal psychology? <laughs> Sugar? Sweet and black. Here you are. Thanks. Incidentally, the book is coming very well. Thanks to the unorthodox point of view I get on the criminal mind through your eyes. Well, what happened to you tonight? What happened tonight seems to have started with a man named Judas. Judas? You mean um, Judas Iscariot from the Bible, of course. That's the guy, Dr. Gale, the world's most notorious stool pigeon. But it took 2,000 years for it to catch up to me. Well, I'm listening, Mr. Ray. I'm listening. Cases of Mr. Race, starring George Rapp, and produced and directed by Jason James. I hadn't been in my office over on 6th Avenue for more than 10 minutes when the hall door opened just wide enough to admit a man's eye. From where I sat, I could see it was steel blue, and when the door opened a little wider, I could see that I belonged to a very tall, very thin, very blonde man. I waved him in. My name, sir, is Doran. Richard Doran of Doran and Stanton, Fifth Avenue Importers. Dealers in objects of art, curios, and such. Mm, what can I do for you? I want you to deliver a package to a gentleman in Chicago... Go on. That's all there is to it. <laughs> I see. My name is Ace, Edward Ace, sole owner of Ace Investigations, 6th Avenue, New York, dealer in homicide, matricide, and patricide, and also in the gentler forms of crime. What you want is a worthy boy waking his way through reform school. Now, I know just such a lad but who would... this is no ordinary package, Mr. Ace. I'm willing to pay a fee of, say, $1,500 for its safe delivery. Hmm. 
what you want is a man named Ace. Got the package under your arm? Yes. Hmm, what's in it? An atom bomb? <laughs> Not quite. Uh, but something perhaps equally as explosive. Go on. It contains the most priceless item ever to come into the possession of Doran and Stanton. You still haven't told me what it is. I didn't intend to. I don't like working in the dark. What's it worth? In dollars and cents, I mean. I have consented to sell it to a British gentleman named Colonel Amherst for $150,000. You could get a lot of explosion out of that kind of scratch. Is the dingus insured? Unfortunately, Mr. Ace, it is not possible to uh, apply for insurance. Hmm. I see what you mean. Yes, the uh, dingus, as you call it, has had a most checkered and colorful career. Mostly uh, blood red, I suppose. <laughs> you put things so obliquely, Mr. Ace. But you're quite right. For many years, Doran and Stanton have kept it hidden away. Now, Colonel Amherst may have the joy of possession and the fear. You will find him registered at the Ambassador East. Deliver the package, collect the money, and return to me here in New York. Why don't you take it to Chicago yourself? Or have the colonel come here? I will be frank, sir. Neither of us wishes to assume the risk. I would advise you to go armed, if you accept the assignment. Shall I give you a check for your fee? How much cash do you have with you? Oh, $250. Why? I'll take that. The balance when I return from Chicago with your money. Excellent. Here is your retainer, and here is the package. Uh, I also have your transportation. You leave on the Commodore Vanderbilt tonight, car 57, compartment E. Good luck, Mr. Ace. Just and one thanks. more thing, Mr. Durand. How do you know you can trust me? If you are wise, Mr. Ace, you'll give me no reason to regret my trust. The package you left in my care was no larger than the pound box of candy. That evening, box under my arm, arm pressed close to the gun in my shoulder holster, I boarded the Commodore Vanderbilt. I just relaxed in my bunk when the door to my compartment opened. I looked up from my berth into the face of a small, fragile old man. His hair was glossy and deep black. His eyes were glossy and deep black. But it wasn't his bones or his hair or his eyes that really interested me. It was his right hand. In it, there was a gun. From where I lay, it looked mighty big. You will please clasp your hands together at the back of your neck. Now, wait a minute. I never even met your sister. I intend to take the package. If you make one move, I'll be forced to shoot you. That makes a problem. You can't get the package unless I do move. It's under my mattress. Oh, how clumsy. This this place is so small. I, I forgive me. I am reluctant to permit you to rise. Of course, I could shoot you and kill you now and then roll you over and take the package. But you won't. Because you're not sure it is under the mattress. And if you don't find it there, I won't be alive to tell you where it is. Yes, I... I suppose you are right. I, I can never think these things through clearly. Very well, I have no alternative. You will follow my instructions very closely, sir. Now you put your right leg on the floor, Mr. Ace. Slowly, slowly. That's it. Now, sir, roll over very gently on the floor with your side. So slowly keep your hands on that. that no, no, no. All right, get up. I won't shoot. Oh, oh, what an idiot I am. A stupid, imbecile bungler. 
I knew it. I knew it. I had a premonition you would grab at my leg. And now I stand and permit you to do it, the stupid idiotic bungler. <laughs> Don't break me up. Get going. Outside. Where are you taking me? For a little fresh air. You do not. You will not. Please do not be angry with me, Mr. Ace. Get out on the platform. I beg you, Mr. Ace. I am harmless, impotent, incompetent. Yes, that's what I am. All right, who sent you? No one, Mr. Lane. No! Who sent you? Please do not hit me again. Who oh, sent you? I, I cannot bear it. I'm alone, all alone. I'm a coward, a coward, Mr. Ace. I, I have no one, no one. Okay. Over you go. No, no, no. Put me down, please. Who sent you? I swear it. No one, no one. <laughs> okay, flat clap. Relax. Oh, Thank you, sir. Thank you. Stay out of my way. Next time we meet, I'll toss you overboard. Yes, yes. Quite right, excellent. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. I left the little man shivering out on the platform and went back to my compartment. And just as I walked into the room, that's when I really got it. I don't know how long I was out. When I opened my eyes, the small room looked as though it had been searched. It had. And the package was gone. The train was just pulling into some jerkwater stop. I got off. Had my skull patched up by the local druggist and hired a hack to drive me back all the way to New York. Two hours later, I got out in front of the Duran Stanton shop on Fifth Avenue. There was a small light burning inside. I opened the door and went in. There was quite a crowd in there. All of them were cops. Detective Lieutenant Walsh of Homicide came forward. He had been talking to the sultriest-looking doll I had seen since Minsky closed his door. Well, well, hello, Ace. Are we in for imported art now? I want to talk to Duran. Yeah, you can talk to Duran if you like. But he won't answer you. He's dead. What did he die of? A hole in the head. Two bullets went through it. Got a smear on it yet? Ah, dull case of burglary. They jimmied the back door. Duran was upstairs with his wife here. They heard the noise. He came down to investigate. Bang, bang. A very dead Mr. Duran. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Mrs. Duran. Thank you, Mr. Ace. Eddie Ace. You said you wanted to see my... Nothing important, Mrs. Duran. I won't bother you now. You suffered a bad shock. A very understanding, Mr. Ace. I tried to stop my husband from going down. He wouldn't listen. But I... Is there something I can do for you, Mr. Ace? Well, uh, not right now. I I mean, Mr. Duran was just going to show me a, a Chinese ring. May I come to see you in a few days, Mr. Duran? Please do. Oh, uh, by the way, have you heard from Colonel Amherst? Colonel Amherst. I don't know the gentleman. All right, watch it, Eddie. Uh... Uh, Mrs. Duran, I, I think you'd better go upstairs now. The boys are going to bring the sit. I mean, we have to take the... Yes, uh... I understand. Thank you for your thoughtfulness. Goodbye, Mr. Race. Please call again. And if I should hear from a Colonel Amherst, I'll tell him to call you. Mrs. Duran left the shop. She hesitated briefly at the door glanced over his shoulder at me once, and then was gone. Walsh's boys brought the stiff out of the back room. 
I took a quick gander at it. Then a longer one. It was a very, very dead Mr. Duran, all right. But it wasn't the man who had come to my office that morning. Well, I guess I'll hit the road, Walsh. Stick around. Take your hat off. Respect for the dead? I'd like to see the rest of that adhesive patch. Don't be bothered. Yeah, maybe ask you a few questions. Like what you really came here for at this hour. Where you were an hour ago. Look, Walsh, just between us. An hour ago, I cracked the back door of the shop and threw a couple of slugs into Duran when he got in my way. I came back to see if I dropped any clues that might lead to me. If you find any, I'll be at my office. Bring them up and we'll split them 50-50. Well, the little man with the big gun. I thought I took that away from you on the train. I have many of them, Mr. Ray. First, I must ask you to forgive the liberty I took in entering your office to wait for you. Where else to find you, I did not know. Eventually, you must return here. All right, eventually I did. What's your problem? Mr. Ray, I have a grievance. On the train, you caused me a great humiliation. Yes, yes, you did. You slapped my face. You did not even have the decency to punch me. Man-like. Next time, I promise to punch you. Hard. There will be no next time, Mr. Ray. For you, I have the greatest resentment. Yes, yes, I have. If you give me the slightest provocation, I I promise to shoot you. Really, really, I will. All right, once you're cute, twice you're a nuisance. Well, you will come with me, Mr. Ray. Where are we going? He's waiting to speak to you. Who? Colonel Gregory Amherst. Come in, come in, sir. <laughs> well done this time. Well done, Leonidas. Oh, thank you, Colonel. Thank you. It was simple. <laughs> well, sit down, sir. Sit down. Thanks. Mm, nice layout you got here. You like it? You really like it, sir? It's so difficult to get proper accommodations these days. <laughs> and now, sir, to the point. Where is the coin? Hmm. The coin? Precisely. You mean, uh... The coin that was in the package. Oh, please, sir, I beg of you, do not blame me for the simpleton. You know full well to which coin I have reference. Now, where is it? Suppose you tell me. Then we'll both know. You see, you see, I told you he was uncooperative. I told you. Gently, him. gently, Leonidas. We must discuss this calmly. But don't you see? He's a terrible person, a liar, a thug. If you don't take this monkey away, Colonel, I'll break his leg. Now, do be quiet, Leonidas, or I shall let him break your leg. <laughs> a bizarre thought, indeed. <laughs> Now, sir, I shall put it bluntly, concisely, and simply. I believe you have the coin. I believe that you and Stanton, Duran's partner, are working together. And you both mean to hoodwink Duran, simulate a theft on the train, and then dispose of the coin, sharing the proceeds between you and Stanton. So you got a phony coin when you slugged me on the train. You know full well I did, sir. You see? You see how he twits, sir? Be quiet, Leonidas. I thought you were supposed to be in Chicago waiting for the... Uh, that was the uh, business arrangement. 
But you, you cannot blame me for coming here before the coin was delivered in an effort to save a little money. And you even know which train and compartment I'd be occupying. In my business, sir, I must do many things. I even know when I'm beaten and forced to pay. <laughs> and that time has come. I shall pay. How much? $50,000. The price was 150000 Ah, that was when I planned on taking it by storm. Now I am willing to tender wealth of the realm. A quantitative and relative difference. Hmm. If you can say that again, you've got a deal. On one condition. Yes. At first you tell me what this uh, coin is all about. Tell you what the... You mean you don't... That, that, that Stanton hasn't told it's you what... It's a trick. The... He's slippery. He's lying. Oh, my soul. This is his priceless. Priceless. Jed, I sit and bargain with you for you... Oh, this is indeed priceless. Go ahead. Have your fun. You know what the coin is. I don't. But I know where it is. You don't. I'm still in the driver's seat. Indeed you are, sir. Forgive me. That was me eyes. Very well, sir. I shall show my good face. Please, please, Colonel. I beg you, be careful what you say. He's a saga liar, a scoundrel, and every... <laughs> He, he struck me again. He struck me again. Yes, and it served you well. Oh, now, do be quiet. I, I hate you. You were saying, Colonel? Uh, the coin. Yes, tell me, sir. What do you think it is? Come to the point. To the point. Tell me, sir. How much do you know of your Bible? I told you I'm a no move I for... do not ask idly, sir. It is very much to the point. You know, of course, of one Judas Iscariot, the great betrayer? Yeah, yes. And for his betrayal, he received from the Roman authorities his promised wage, 30 pieces of silver. Now then, that was 2,000 years ago. Mark well what I'm about to say, sir. There are in the collections of numismatists certain coins of antiquity dating back to the days of the pharaohs, 2,000 years before the day of the great betrayal. Uh, now, sir, you begin to comprehend. I'm still listening. Uh, very well, to the point. Of all the 30 pieces of silver paid to Judas Iscariot, only one, only one, I say, has been unearthed. The rest, for all we know, gone into the dust of the bones of the Judas. But that one coin, sir, with the imperial head and arms of Caesar stamped upon it, has been sought for, fought for, killed for, and died for through bloody century after century. Now, what do you say to that, sir? I say you're nuts. Ah, uh -huh. but... My $50,000 says otherwise, Mr. Ace. And now, sir, the coin, if you please. I'll have to see Stanton first. You see, you see, he cannot be trusted. Is Leonidas correct in his analysis of your character, sir? Sure, but I still have to see Stanton first. Yeah, very well. There's nothing for it, I suppose. As added inducement, sir, a bonus of $10,000 for yourself. We needn't advise Mr. Stanton of it. If you deliver the coin to me here before dawn... I sail with the tide for Montevideo. I'll try to earn the 10 G. Amherst didn't have the coin. Stanton was on the loose. He might or might not have it. If it existed at all, it had to be someplace. I hustled on back to the shop of Duran and Stanton. I never got a good look at the little man who was tailing me. Every time I glanced back, he had his face draped in a foreign language newspaper. I made sure he was still pounding along behind me when I turned in at the door of Duran and Stanton. I didn't expect it to be opened. I was wrong. 
I didn't expect to find anyone there. I was wrong again. What do you want? I walked slowly to the kid at the far end of the shop. She was no more than 16 or 17, and her face was white. Her eyes loaded with fear. She stood in front of the safe under a small yellowish light. I looked carefully for her gun in her right hand. It's always these frightened white-faced kids who really let you have it. She was unarmed. I let my breath out and closed in on her. I'm calling the police. I'm the police. Who are you? What are you doing here? I'm Elsie Duran. You mean Mrs. Duran is your mother? My stepmother. I was up at school when I heard that that my father had been... I came here at once. What were you looking for in the safe? The safe? Or were you putting something in it? Like what? Look, infant. No time for guessing games now. Give me a small package. There. There, that'll do it. You stay here. Put out that light now. Don't leave till I get back. Keep the door locked. But why? I don't understand. Take this gun. If anybody breaks in, use it. And tuck that gold chain you're wearing around your neck inside of your dress. It might tangle your gun arm when you need it. But I've never fired a gun before. Baby, you'll be surprised how natural it will come to you if you have to. I left the kid in the shop, strolled down 5th across 34th to my office on 6th. The little man on my tail had dusted. I took my time. I figured there'd be somebody waiting for me at my office. There was. I figured he'd be holding a gun on the door. He was. I figured it would be the little man. It wasn't. All right, Miss Trace. I'll take that package. What name are you wearing now, Stanton? Give me that package. You're sure you want it? Your life is a mighty high price to pay for it. You forget. I'm holding the gun. Okay. Be headstrong. Here's the package. That's better, Mr. Ace. All the time I was talking to Stanton, I watched the little man across the street, the foreign language paper still covering his face. After Stanton left my office, I watched for him through the window. He came out of my building. I didn't hear the shot, but I saw the gun flash as it fired. Stanton slumped to the pavement. By the time I made it downstairs, the little man was far away, and so was Stanton. His body was still lying where it had fallen. The street was deserted. His wallet had been frisked to make it look like a clumsy holdup. The package, of course, was gone. I picked up the wallet, cased the contents. Among the usual stuff, there was a small clipping on glossy paper. It was a crude picture of a coin. The caption under it read, Coin of Judas. I didn't have to rack my brain to figure out where I'd seen it before. Who is it? Ace, open up and don't shoot. Oh, Mr. Ace, I've been so frightened. Give me that gold chain from your neck. My chain? Stop playing simple. You can keep the chain after I've taken the coin from the end of it. So you know I have it. I must have been blind not to know it before. Did your father give you the coin? Yes. He told me to keep it at school. It was the safest place. But after I'd heard he'd been killed, I... Mr. Ace, look out! No need for alarm, my dear. You see, you see, Colonel, I told you he... Gently, Leonidas. Well, Mr. Ace, I must say I'm disappointed in you. I did consider you a man of some peculiar honor. That was your idea. I sent Leonidas with $50,000, coin of the realm, sir, to purchase from you opening above board the coin. 
And what am I given for this honorable gesture? This, this, sir. Two porter shell combs. Now look here on Leonidas. This time, sir. I mean business. This gun will underscore my intention. Now the coin, Mr. Ace, and my $50,000. You're not even amusing, you fat clown. Leonidas never gave me 50 cents. He knocked off Stanton for those combs. Leonidas. Why, that was most headstrong of you. Most headstrong. Coming to me with his baggage and telling it me... It was all an error, my dear Colonel. I intended to return the money to you. Uh, but in my distress over learning that I had failed in my mission, it, it just slipped my mind. A mind like a ski run. Uh, then before it slips your mind again, my dear fellow, I suggest... Yes, yes. Here it is, Colonel. Hmm. I shall deal with you later, Leonidas. Well, Mr. Hayes? I've got the coin. Oh, at last. Excellent, excellent. At least that's but I can't sell it to you. You'll have to deal with Mrs. Duran and her stepdaughter. It belongs to them. Oh, my dear Ace. You are indeed the soul of honor. But the fact of the matter is that Marlene Duran called me after you talked with her. And... Oh, come in, Marlene. I was just telling Which you. Which one of you killed Stafford? Marlene, put that ridiculous pistol away. Which one of you? It, it was quite unintentional, Mrs. Duran. A regrettable and melancholy accident. I, I assure you, I never meant to... Oh. Here now. I say, Molly. And you sent him to do it. No, 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 no. I, I, yes, I... you did. I'm going to kill you, too. Hey, for heaven's sake, she's mad. Oh, oh, oh stupid. Uh, incredibly stupid. Shot down by... Uh. You see, I killed him. I love Stanton. So I killed his killers. Yeah. Just like you and Stanton killed your husband. He got wiser the fact that you and Stanton were going to run out on him. So he sent Stanton to deliver the phony package. He knew that Amherst was in New York. He tipped Amherst off, figuring that Leonidas would be sent to kill Stanton for the package. But Stanton was wise to it. He sent me instead. And when he saw that I was attacked... He came back here and killed your husband. Yes, my husband. And he deserved it. All right, Marlene. Come along with me. I'm not going with you, Mr. Ace. Because you and Elsie are going to the morgue. And so Elsie used my gun to send two bullets into Marlene. How do you like that? I'd forgotten the kid was holding it. But what about Elsie? Won't she have to stand trial for... No, it's been settled down at headquarters. After all, Marlene did kill two men and then threaten Elsie and me with a gun. So, Elsie will be okay. And, and what about the coin? Does Elsie keep it? Yeah, but she's having it melted down. Into what? A small silver crucifix. Hmm. I see. I like that. Good night, Mr. Ace. Good night, Dr. Gale. In a moment, George Raff will be back as Mr. Ace to tell you about next week's case. But first, a brief word from our sponsor. Thank you. Next week, I'll be telling Dr. Gale about the man who was forced to help his wife's murderer. Thank you, George. We'll be listening. The 
Tonight's supporting cast included Francis Heflin, Joseph Kearns, Ted Von Elts, Charlie Lung, Elliot Reed, Mary Jane Croft, and Lorraine Beaumont. The music was composed and conducted by Del Castillo. This is Carlton Cadell speaking and inviting you to listen again next week to George Raff in the cases of Mr. Ace. Welcome back. Uh, it's rare that you find uh, an episode of any radio program that um, borrows so much from Casablanca. You had the Sydney Green Street sound alike, and you also had a combination of Joel Cairo, who was played by Peter Laurie in the movie, and Wilmer. This is somewhat interesting because George Raff famously uh turned down the starring role in uh, the Maltese Falcon because uh story has it he wasn't uh comfortable or familiar with the director and of course Humphrey Bogart took it and of course the rest is history here we get the idea of what a little bit of what it would have been like uh George Raft in the Maltese Falcon and a Sydney Green Street that repeatedly said, Coin of the realm, sir, coin of the realm. A classic phrase. Though I admit from an emotional and thematic standpoint, I like the end. I like the way it uh, ended with them going ahead and uh, melting that uh, whole uh, thing down into a uh, crucifix. So nicely done there on that. Some listener comments and feedback include Woody, who says, uh, I enjoy the shows and the old commercials. And William writes, uh, Adam, thanks for contributing or continuing to provide me hours of entertainment in my retirement years. All right. Well, thank you so much for your comments and for your support. We appreciate everyone during our listener support campaign who sent us coin of the realm, coin of the realm, uh, or the 21st century PayPal equivalent thereof. That will actually do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow with Let George Do It. Next week, on Tuesday, we'll have the Adventures of Frank Rice for you. Brace for a little bit of a schedule change. In the meanwhile, send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter, Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.